0: Hey guys, this is Mick. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say that we've put a BiblioVile onto iTunes. It's a very weird and arduous process, but now you can subscribe, get it downloaded straight to your iTunes every time we put out an episode. It's not a regular schedule, I'm sorry. So please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. If you're already listening to this on iTunes, I'm going to be that podcast host, I guess I'm a host, and uh, ask you to subscribe, share, rate, all that stuff that's at the end of YouTube videos. Anyway, on to the show. It's, it's a doozy of a one. Bye. Welcome to BiblioVile. I've run out of clever things to say. So why don't you open up to the first page and read along with us?
1: On this episode of BiblioVile, I read Spiders Bite by Jennifer Estep and Mick read Sleeping with Beauty by Donna Hoffman.
0: Welcome to BiblioVile. My name is Mick Dickinson and we are here with another edition of your favorite. Oh my goodness. Make me please stop reading this book podcast. It's famous. Did you know that BiblioVile is famous?
1: I did not know that BiblioVile was famous.
0: BiblioVile is famous for the only podcast to have us on it. (laughs) It is the only podcast on which we appear. Uh, Frankly, I expect that to change forthwith.
1: I suppose you're right, yeah.
0: In that soon zero podcast will have us appear. No, no, no! we're going to keep doing it. We're
1: going to keep doing it. You uh, almost had me fooled for a minute oh,
0: there. Man. I was
1: like, did we decide? This is this our last episode? No, I would have remembered that.
0: If we can keep... Well, I'm not so sure. Um, if we can keep going through Midnight Sins, I am pretty sure we can keep going through this week. I do have one question before we start. Uh, we brought up this song while we were cooking dinner earlier tonight. What is the emphasis for All My Exes Live in Texas? What word is emphasized? All. All my exes live in Texas. Yeah. What about all my exes live in Texas?
1: All my exes live in Texas.
0: This one's pretty creepy, though. All my exes live in Texas. Yeah. Like quote unquote.
1: This is creepy. All my exes live in Texas, as opposed to on or underneath it.
0: All my exes live in Texas. That's
1: why I hang my hat in Tennessee. Oh, I get it. <laughs>
0: hey, Rocky <and> Top.
1: <laughs> by the way, uh, my name is Susan Dickinson. Oh yeah, sorry. And the books that we read this week were Spider's Bite by Jennifer Estep. Jennifer Estep? Estep? And Sleeping with Beauty by Donna Kaufman.
0: I'm glad you said that because I was worried that people don- usually don't listen to our intro. But you got your melodious podcast voice.
1: We did hear from one of our faithful listeners. Shout out to you, Jake, my friend. I was going to
0: say pick Jerrington
1: I have a better podcast voice than Mick does. I have to say I agree. Well, Thank I'm... you for the compliment, buddy. Also, I agree.
0: Obviously, you have a better podcast voice than I do. Like, come on. <laughs> whatever you... You, mean you
1: don't like your voice, voicemail
0: why you've never heard that before no no
1: never although I do have to say I was trying to record my like voicemail greeting the other day at work and it kept messing up so I would have to record it and then listen to it and then do it again and I got real tired of hearing my own voice by the end of it
0: I she don't get tired of hearing your
1: voice. Oh, thanks, baby. And our
0: listeners don't either. <laughs> Neither of them. Actually, we are up to four confirmed listeners. Two so more, exciting. and we'll have to use two hands to count them.
1: Yay! Yay! Man, any more than that, we're not going to be able to give them all shoutouts. Podcast. It's going to be. It's going to be a sad day.
0: Matt Charles, Jake. Maybe Ben. Maybe Ben by now, <laughs> Michelle. Michelle. All people that we can exert influence over, mm-hmm. like and fist people who influence. spend a lot
1: of time in the car. Yeah, fist. Influence. Um. So just kind of getting down into it because I would like to be done talking about this book now. We've
0: barely even started, <laughs> so I
1: feel like I need to start talking about this book. Um, my book was called Spider's Bite by Jennifer Estep. Estep, where's the emphasis on that one? I don't know. I don't care. Este- anyway. Jennifer Estep wrote Spider's Bite, it's and, then, it's a step. and then Mick picked it out at the library, and why don't you tell us, honey, how you picked this book out at the library?
0: So when I first saw Spider's Bite by Jennifer Step, I uh, decided that it was immediately the book for me, and I decided this by um, looking at it. Uh, it was on one of the recent returns uh, shelves, which for some reason at the Iowa City Library is put... At the very front of the store, as if to say, other people liked it. You like no, other people. No, I think
1: it's like, eh, we didn't want to take the effort to put these back on the shelves, so we're just gonna stick them up here.
0: They should. It should just be a, a bin that says Jennifer Estep, uh, because no, they shouldn't bother putting them back on the shelves. The cover is going to be on the blog post, which, as I always forget to mention, can be found at opinionsandother.blogspot.com or by searching parenthetical outers, or frankly, searching bibliovile. Look, I'm not good at S-E-O, all right? I barely even remember the name. Anyway. I don't know
1: what that means.
0: Search engine optimization. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I do feel that I have explained this to you multiple times.
1: I mean, probably, whatever, just talk about the book.
0: Front cover, woman in a tank top with her lower back exposed, but wouldn't you know, it? there's a dagger, and uh, her love life is killer. You know I gotta read the back when I see that. Plus, its named Spider's Bite. Best of all. Subtitles. I love subtitles. The subtitle, to Spider's Bite, is... An Elemental Assassin Book. Well, I guess I will read the back cover. I learned to find out that they call her the Spider. Her name is Jin, and she kills people. She's the most feared assassin in the South. When we're not busy at the pork pit cooking up the best barbecue in Ashland? And I said, yes, this is for Sue. And then I continued reading... As a stone elemental, yelp, this is going in Sue's pocket. I can hear everything from the whispers of the gravel beneath my feet to the vibrations of the soaring Appalachian Mountains above me. My ice magic, what, also comes in handy. <laughs> this is the back cover. For making the occasional knife, wouldn't you know it. But I don't use my powers on the job unless I absolutely have to. Call that professional pride. The
1: book was not any better than the back cover, so don't, like, roll your eyes that you had to read the back cover. I had to read the whole book.
0: Yeah, but I may look... I'm just so proud of myself for p- finding this immediately, 30 seconds within starting. I may look hot, but I'm still one of the bad guys, <laughs> which is why I'm in trouble, since irresistibly rugged detective Donovan Kane, fantastic name, has agreed to help me the last thing this cold hearted killer needs when i'm battling a magic more powerful than my own is a sexy distraction especially when donovan wants me dead just as much as the enemy uh yep
1: this book so like reading the back of it you're like well this book is going to be terrible because there's going to be so much going on like the last one the book that i read in the last episode yeah, with the, the pear jumpers, jumpers. jumpers i don't remember what it was called cover me um
0: oh, okay i'll look at <clears> i'll talk while you look at oh no that was the cover it was, yeah
1: hey so, so that book was terrible because there was so much happening in it all at the same time <laughs> yeah. that it was just like overwhelming in its badness this book i was just bored i was so bored and I, it took me Probably the longest it's taken me to read one of these books.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, *Choosers, Choosers in the plane. of the Flame* took you like okay. a solid month, but
1: that's because I didn't finish it.
0: <laughs> I know it took you a solid and month I and just, you didn't finish it. No,
1: it was because I just like I didn't want to finish it, but I didn't want to admit to you that I didn't want to finish it, so I just left it sitting around the apartment until you were like, "You don't have to read this book
0: anymore." You that was don't our want fir- to. That was our first bibliophile, and so this is this was. Like, an idea that we had, and we're like, let's do this, and then she does not finish reading it. I'm like, does she not like this idea?
1: Like, no, I love the idea. This book is unbearable. You were just too good at it. Okay. You were too good at this idea. Okay,
0: I've got an idea. In order to reflect your pain onto mine... Wait, that doesn't make sense. In order to have me take your pain upon myself... Yes. How about, what are we, What episode are we at? Six? I believe this is our sixth podcast. Six or seven, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this will, I think we had three before the podcast. Yep. So this is our ninth total. How about at our tenth episode of the podcast? Okay. We get each other our worst books that we've gotten.
1: I am so down. I want you to understand how bad Choosers of the Slain is. One of the words of its title isn't a word.
0: Uh, have you heard of a little book called Midnight Sins?
1: You know what, though? I, no, 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 let's do this, because I'm going to finish Midnight Sins and find something good about it.
0: No, that's boring. I want you to hate it just as much as me. Uh, I'm going to finish Choose to slang because frankly, it's easier to meet, for me to read pig-headed people than it is to read boring yeah. whining people.
1: Back to boring whining people. So let's talk <laughs> about Spider's Bite. So mostly i'm sick
0: of hearing peter parker's origin story
1: what oh peter parker i know that one that's spider-man um so most of the time when when i take notes over the books i have like three or four pages i'm like ruffling through pages Mm -hmm. as we talk about the books in the podcast um i had maybe a third of a page this time because <laughs> I was like I just don't
2: care
1: I don't wow. care at all Aww. it was brutal and but the one one of the notes that I had and this was like three lines of my third of a page was a very nice note to myself that said Susan please remember when you start recording this episode of BiblioVile to read the dedication of this book is very polite of me yes. right yeah So I'm going to do that for you now. As always, to my mom for all those trips to the library, to my grandma who hates wearing socks, to Andre aka Weasley Blighter because I said I would and to me because I always wanted to write an assassin book. I'm going to break that down line by line. To my mom for all the trips to the library. That's yeah. cute. Great intro. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You you know, like you became a writer because yeah. you like to read. And like, that's awesome. Love that. Should have ended there. To my grandma who hates wearing socks. Your like, grandma feet. Like, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Maybe it's like some sort of inside joke. Like, there's nothing about socks in the book or like people who hate wearing socks. I thought
0: you said the book socks.
1: And the book sucks.
0: Oh. Well, well, this Trump makes curtain. a lot more sense.
1: And the third line, to Andre A.K.A. Weasley Blighter, because I said I would. Like again, probably an inside joke, but why did you need to include that?
0: Do you think it's his rap name?
1: Probably. Yo yo we yo. We should look it up. Maybe um, he's Weasley like a DJ. Blighter. Maybe that can be our new, um, like that can be our outro music. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> but the end is Wait, the one Weasley that Blighter really gets. Me. Is
0: like call of a DJ.
1: but the thing at the end gets me and to me because I always wanted to write an assassin book was that your dream as a little girl like did you grow up imagining the day that you would write your first assassin book like (laughs) what an oddly specific life goal like, to be a published author. Like, yeah, that's a ball in life goal.
0: Yeah, wouldn't only idiots choose that one, though.
1: No, that's awesome. Make a published author. <laughs> uh, but, like,
2: to, yeah.
1: how, <laughs> <laughs> like, how specific do you have to get to be like, I always wanted to write this particular kind of terrible book? Anyway. So, also, side note, I started watching. That I started reading this book right after watching the season premiere of Bachelor in Paradise. What
0: was
1: that? Um, which Mick insists that I call BIP. <laughs> and there's this person on BIP. Her name is Lace Morris. She's a very nice lady.
0: Oh, she's my drama But queen.
1: because she featured so prominently in the season premiere of BIP, that when I started reading the book... And, like, in my head, the main character was Lace Morris. I see it. So I read the whole time, like, thinking about this character, like, looking like Lace Morris. Um, So there's, like, this, this crazy girl that cries a lot on Bachelor in Paradise, mm-hmm. like, becomes this badass assassin in this book.
0: If I have ever seen a person who is an Earth Elemental, it's definitely Lace Norris.
1: Here's the thing though, and you brought me to a really good point. She's not an earth elemental. What? Because Wait. in no 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 no. Yes. That's what you would think. The elementals, right? Like oh, they Jesus. have elemental magic. So what are the four elements, Mick?
0: Uh green bile, yellow bile no. No, that's
1: the humours. What uh, are the I'm four sorry.
0: elements? Michelangelo, Raphael. Ugh, you're the worst. <laughs> They're all the same things. Uh earth, water, fire and air. Not
1: in this universe. What? So, in this weird ass book, the four elements are fire, air, stone, Hmm. and ice. Wait. Why stone instead of earth? No, why ice instead of
0: water? Wait. Ice is water. I know. Why'd you have to pick the less common version of something?
1: And like the less useful version of it.
0: Yeah. Like (laughs) Aang sits over there and he's like, I'm sorry guys, I can't do any water bending. It's thirty three degrees out, so
1: Like that's so (laughs) not helpful.
0: I was gonna try to ice bend, but it just shattered.
1: Apparently, if you have elemental powers you specialize in one element, but some people also have like minor, like it, like it's literally like she majors in stone, but she has it's a minor, minor in ice.
0: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say water. But
1: pretty much the only thing that she uses it for is to like chill glasses to keep Ooh. whatever she's drinking cold, which is like super useful. Nice. Like a ring Because she frost. Wo- when she works at a restaurant, so like
0: wasn't well, she a cook?
1: No, she's not the cook. Like I don't understand why that was on the back of the cover because she's not the cook. She was a waitress, and then she becomes the owner at the (laughs) end. Spoilies.
0: Is a fire elemental the cook?
1: No. Uh. The cook is a dwarf who has some sort of powers, but we don't really know what they are.
0: Dwarf. Like...
1: Yeah, so this is a universe where, like, humans and dwarves and giants all, like, live together, and it's all pretty normal. And, like, a small but significant-ish number of those individuals are also elemental so like dwarves can be elementals giants can be humans can be
0: yeah so this is like wait it takes place in the appalachian mountains right this half yeah so this is like a half true blood faux blood
1: in this book very funny joke thank you i acknowledge that you have made a joke
0: it's all i ever want so
1: in this book the main character her name is Jin except Mm. it's not. That's not her real name. We don't find out why she gets called a name that's not her real name or what her real name is until the end.
0: Tonic. (laughs) No? no. (laughs) Blossom. Is it Blossom?
1: (laughs) No, it's Genevieve which is not nearly wow. me, I mean, as fun yeah that's
0: just so, that's just a nickname i thought you're going like a nom dead stone i can't even i <laughs> can't even handle your jokes right now <laughs> i just can't do it
1: so okay so i'm gonna give you a real real hot and heavy plot summary Ooh. she's an assassin she works with this guy named fletcher lane he's her handler As she refers to him. Mm. He's this old dude that, like, adopted her when she was homeless and, like, on the streets. And then turned her into an assassin. Because he used to be an assassin. But he was too old. And so now... Then he trained her to be an assassin. So, she goes out on this job. She gets double-crossed. She comes back to the pork pit. Because Fletcher is the... is the owner of the restaurant. Naturally. And not only did they double-cross her and try to kill her, they killed Fletcher. And so she's, like, devastated. This person is, like, her dad. He's her best friend. She's going to get revenge, figure out who did this, what's going on, whatever. So she teams up with, um, Fletcher's son, whose name is Finnegan Lane. And that was the only thing that I loved about this book was the name Finnegan Lane. It was a great character for, a great name for a book character. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome name. I love that name. It's the only thing I liked about this book. So she teams up with Finnegan Lane. And no, he's like a schmoozer. He's like he's very charming, mm-hmm. kind of a player. He
0: needs to be a bit drunk.
1: Um, but so she and Finn also team up with these two dwarf women, um, Sophia and Jojo. Jojo is a healer. She's an air elemental and she uses her magic to heal. And then Sophia, it's like... Hinted that Sophia has some sort of magic, but her particular skill is cleaning up murder scenes, which is why they're friends, because Jin kills the people and Sophia cleans it up.
0: Okay, so crime, sli- crime scene cleanup, custodial business is a superpower. <laughs> yeah. And also, air has to do with healing. healing apparently. Appa- I, that's how I see it in her notes for the story, is air, hyphen, hyphen, healing, question mark? It, are either of these twins married? No. So you might say that JoJo is a bachelorette.
1: <sighs> yes, you might say that.
0: Mm.
1: Maybe we'll find her a... Uh...
0: Welcome to BiblioVile after the Rose.
1: <laughs> BiblioVile after the final rose. Um, so then the other person that they team up with is this detective named Donovan Kane, who Jin has a really, good, a really big crush on. But it probably not gonna work out too well for her because she killed Donovan Kane's partner nope. on the police force, and he, Whose
0: name was knows
1: Day. that the assassin known as the Spider killed his partner, but he doesn't know that she's the Spider. But he soon finds that out, and it like taints their whole working relationship because he's always like, "I should just kill you right now because you killed my partner."
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. I can see how that. But the reason
1: why she killed his partner is because he was doing a bunch of shady, like really, really shady things, and someone illegal
0: things or shady things, like
1: illegal things involving small children that are very, very bad. Yeah. So she 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 took him out, but she doesn't want to tell Donovan Kane that because she doesn't want to ruin the image that he has of his partner, because it like really keeps him going he's a morally upstanding guy so she's like i'm just going to let this guy that i'm super into hate me cuz I, I don't want to like take away his motivation whatever i don't even care i don't care about any of the characters in this book so there's this whole thing there's this like apparently the town is like under the control of this woman who's essentially a mob boss her name is Mab Monroe she's a fire elemental and then there's these two sisters who are trying to take control away from Mad Monroe. And there's this whole plot. And turns out one of the sisters, Alexis James, is the one who hired the hit on Jin and killed Fletcher. And so they're going after her. Whatever. But, like, the weirdest thing about it is that the author doesn't really fully explain anything. Like, you, yeah. you get maybe like 80% of the details of this plot but you don't get the rest so you're like I'm pretty sure I understand all these different people's motivations for things but I'm not 100% sure she also never fully explains how elemental magic works which like you don't need to give me a textbook on this thing that you made up for your book but like I feel like you at least need to give your reader a decent understanding of what this is if you're gonna base a whole series around it so like
0: um I do have a question. Yes. How is in comparison to other fictional universes? How is this fictional universe played? Is it like a Men in Black Harry Potter situation or is it like a everybody knows that there are giants and dwarves that's just like is there No, a, is everybody there a, knows. Everybody so there's knows there's like a giant news anchor on CNN.
1: Yeah, the po- the police commissioner is a giant.
0: Then why put it in America?
1: Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. But, like, also, <laughs> why are your four elements stone, ice, fire, and air? No, like,
0: it, No, like, none of it makes put it sense. it in the Frost Wolves, or, like the know. Sword Coast.
1: Yeah, it was it in the well, no, Appalachians? It's just in the Appalachians, because that's where it is. And so... This elemental magic, so, like, you referenced Aang, like, Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah. They can manipulate their element, like...
0: Yeah, it Aang exists can, already.
1: Yeah, he can make the air move, he can, like, fly on the air, do all these things, whatever. Because um, he's the last airbender. Yeah. But so, like, oh. they, can, they can manipulate their... Yes. And so I assumed that that was how this elemental magic worked too, but it's not. Like, Jin can't control stone. She can read it. So, like, when she gets home to her apartment, she puts a hand up on the brick and can tell if anyone's broken into her apartment. And then, so then there's like, they can use their magic to attack each other, but I like, you don't really get a sense of how it works. So, like, So she's not
0: hurling big boulders at No.
1: No, she's like gaining energy from the stone around her, I think, and then throwing that energy at other people. But it's all like really vague and ambiguous. Yeah. And it's not really explained at all.
0: So like she's a brick and then like the ice elementals are drowning slowly?
1: Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to make a Brick House reference, but you had to go for the Ben Folds sad song? You
0: betcha. Goodness. Weirdest inclusion on a wedding playlist I've ever heard.
1: So... The fact that this elemental magic isn't explained very well, and it's sort of confusing and you don't understand what it is, makes the whole, like, climax, rising action, like, the main scene at the end... (laughs) it <laughs> really anticlimactic like yeah. it should be a huge thing like Jin and alexis james are in this huge showdown they're each using their elemental magic against each other except i don't know how that works i don't know where it comes from i know nothing about alexis james because she just became the villain in like the very end of the book <laughs> and like you just don't care like everything about this book is so ambiguous that you just don't Care about it. Yeah. You're not interested. Yeah. And I feel that way about the like the love interest angle too. Like they ch- the author tries really hard to work in like oh there's all this sexual tension between her and Donovan Kane, but like she also tries to play it off that these two are both really good at their respective jobs. That like Jin is the best assassin in the game, and that Donovan Kane is a really good cop. Like, if you're an assassin or a cop that's really good at your job and really dedicated to it, you're not going to let yourself get distracted
0: by By sex. boning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, like, in the middle of the rising action, they, like, go find a closet to bone in.
0: Mm. Like,
1: you're not going to do that. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: You're just not, I don't know. Like, it just, and so it just seems really, like, it just seems really awkward. It seems really
0: (laughs) forced. I guess she makes him rock hard gross tell me that pun wasn't in there
1: that was no like that was not that was not a pun that they made in there. So it was like, a missed opportunity so like you're right
0: you, you know the X-Men movies which are pretty good overall yeah but you know when Professor Xavier the bald guy or Jean Grey the telepath mm-hmm. uh, they do their power what's the movie have to do to show you that they're doing their power do you remember
1: no
0: okay Good radio. They have to put their...
1: I know not I'm I, sorry. I, I'm
0: not blaming you. I'm just like <laughs> that, that Gambit. Hey, Gambit. That's another X-Men. That Gambit didn't pay off. In the X-Men movies, whenever they're hurling something through the air with their mind or they're reading each other's thoughts, they always have to put their fingers oh, to their temples. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And then if they're using their power harder, what do they do? Like squint? Yeah. They squint a little bit yeah. more. And so you're always like, does squinting make your power harder? Yeah. <laughs> and you know Superman flying? And it's just assumed yeah. that he's, he's flying. Whatever. We don't have to know how it works. But the thing is, sometimes he flies faster.
1: Yeah, when he like puts the one arm up.
0: Well, sometimes he has the one arm up, right? He's flying through the air, cruising altitude, yeah. cruising speed. And then sometimes he goes, and starts flying faster. And it's like, Thanks. okay, you were cool to not explain how he's flying, until he started flying faster and there's apparently a mechanism by which mm. he is flying
1: yeah and so it's like that kind of thing where you're like confused because you don't understand the logistics of it it doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have like, to make sense but like consistent. yeah there has to be something i don't know nothing about it was that interesting it all seemed really like jilted and awkward
0: like an ex-lover
1: just Yeah, pretty much. But I just, like, I was just just not intrigued. I didn't care. Like, you didn't know enough about any of the characters to be invested in the story. And I think that she tried to do some of that on purpose. Like, everyone is shrouded in this little bit of mystery so that you want to read all the way to the end to figure out, you know, the answers to all the questions except there aren't any answers to a lot of the questions. And it just makes it so that you don't care. Like, I understand wanting everything to be a little bit mysterious, but to make it so that you're not invested in any of the characters. Like, you don't lust after the love interest. You're not rooting for the protagonist. You don't hate the villain. hmm Like, you should have you some don't. sort of emotion.
0: Yeah, you don't anything.
1: You don't anything, and that's pretty much it. Like, I didn't... I didn't anything about this book. <laughs> like, I just don't... I just don't care. Like, it's just really ambiguous and boring, and I feel like, like, this book was never going to be great. But I think that, like, she had some good twists in there. Like, she had some good stuff. I think Finn was a good character. I think everybody else had the makings of a good character. I just feel like if she had given a little bit more something, (laughs) anything, like, it could have been... Like, not a great book, but it could have been an enjoyable book, and instead it took me three weeks to read it. Cause you still I just finished it
0: before me.
1: Did not want to. So that was Spider's Bite by Jennifer Estep.
0: Well, uh, I am going to tell you, I'm very excited. We actually have a sponsor this week on Billy Oval. So, in the meantime, between books, I'm going to uh, take a pause for a second, throw it. It's some. Celebrity wanted to promote their nonprofit. I don't know anything about that or the long drive that I took a while ago listening to a certain celebrity's records. Records. I'm old, uh, but as a teaser through the sponsorship, I will tell you that my book is pretty much the exact opposite of Susan's. Susan, how do you feel about this up- upcoming sponsorship?
1: I wish I was feeling better so I could drink. <laughs>
2: Oh hey there, my name's Dave Matthews Band. You might remember me from the 90s. You know, we've had a lot of fun playing fiddle and harmonica and dumping poop on a boat, but it's time to get serious. There's a cause that I'm very passionate about and that's child seat safety. You know, I was in the car the other day and someone just crashed into me. Thankfully I didn't have a child in the back seat, but you know a lot of people, they haven't taken a look at their child seat in a long time. So, I think that you should just take a look because everything good needs replacing. And even more than having the equipment in line, you need to make sure that all your seatbelts fit because they need to rest high up on the chest and be restrictive. That's why I've created uh, my new nonprofit, and that's loose ends, like a seatbelt that's loose. You see, so if you want more information, go to my website at com. Thanks. I'm Dave Matthews, and I at one time was popular.
0: Well, that's over. Thank God. Uh, I have a feeling that that will not be the last uh, sponsorship for this podcast.
1: Oh, I don't know. God, let it be the last sponsorship for this podcast.
0: I'm fi- I'm fielding a lot of offers currently, is all I have to say. Um, My book for this week week oh i do that every time every time and this one this episode this episode uh heaven forbid this one took me three weeks alone to read uh susan and i finished like several hours a- wait like uh apart Part? uh despite her book being smaller and only slightly more pages um my book for this episode is sleeping with beauty not just sleeping beauty There might be some illusions in here. See if you can get up. Uh, Sleeping with Beauty by Donna Kaufman. She's the best selling author of such books as Dear Prince Charming and some other ones like The Big Bad Wolf Tells All, The Cinderella Rules, The Charmstone, The Royal Hunter, Your Wish is My Command. Are we seeing a pattern?
1: See, I think this is funny because I feel like maybe like 15 or 20 years ago it became a huge thing to be, like, to retell fairy tales. Public to do like domain. Modern tellings of fairy tales. And so you get some really good ones. There's some good stuff out there. Like, The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern is awesome.
0: What would you guess is the uh, plot of this book based on the the mythos of Sleeping Beauty?
1: Um... That some sort of, like... Maybe quiet, bookish, nerdy girl
0: uh-huh.
1: um, winds up in an isolated situation with an undesirable man and then develops Stockholm Syndrome and thinks that she falls in love with him, and then they dance in the library.
0: That's Beauty of the Beast.
1: Oh. Um she falls asleep yeah. for a
0: really long time. Yeah, you'd think that it would have to do something with liter- something with sleeping. Sleeping or waking up or any sort of like fantastic sort of thing like that.
1: Well, was she in like a coma? And then he wakes her up from the coma? You're
0: right. It's ninety eight pages of coma. It just says she slept once <laughs> on each page. And then on the ninety sixth page it says <laughs> she woke up. And then the story starts. No. Um, there's a metaphorical awakening, of course. Uh, unfortunately, out of... An, is it a sexual awakening? Yes. Out no. of a, un, frankly, unbelievable 383 pages, it takes until around the 370s for this awakening to happen. The pacing in this book is the worst I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I Well, okay, I'll get to that. I want you to talk about why you picked this book for me.
1: So this trip to the library was extraordinarily stressful for me because we went between work and going over to a friend's place for dinner and I did not think that it was going to take so long to get from my workplace to the library. But It was like 5 p.m. and traffic was atrocious and I was super stressed by the time we got to the library and I was like, we're running late. we need to go, we're going to... We're not going to be on time. to our friend's house. And Mick found Spider's Bite in literally 30 seconds or less. It was the first
0: book I saw. It was saw. the first
1: book, book he laid eyes on. And so I was like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And so I was like running through the shelves. And sometimes you always know, you can always tell a bad romance novel because of the color. Like, <laughs> only bad romance novels are that shade of yellow with that shade of pink. And I feel like there's a certain type of romance fonts. novel that's like one solid awful color with another awful color font and then like some very like basic drawing on it and like they like that's the kind of style T-T. for bad romance yeah. novels. And yeah. so I saw that and I was like boom let's go.
0: Boom let's go. Uh, the back of it if we are so interested in to know this is I, I hate to read so much uh, verbatim but This is an important part about reading this book. Uh, Once upon a time, there was a beautiful, graceful princess sound asleep in the heart of a gawky, klutzy young woman. Uh, She never becomes graceful. At 28, elementary school teacher Lucy Harper still feels more like a wallflower than the sex goddess she knows she is trapped inside her. (laughs) In fact, she can barely remember the last time she actually had sex. She claims she's content with her life, but she doesn't even realize she's slipping into a coma. A sex coma, that is. Until it arrives, the invitation to her 10-year high school reunion. Lucy's childhood pals, Janna and Grady, Janna? Is that even a name? J-A-N-A? Mm-hmm. Are baffled by her decision to attend, but they've managed to put geekhood behind them. This may be Lucy's last chance to lose her loser... Whew. Last chance to lose her loser reception... <laughs> reputation and knock her ex-classmate's socks off, thanks to a modern-day fairy godmother's at Glass Slipper Incorporated. For a not-so-small fee, they promised to bring out the princess and any woman. If only Lucy's friends were more supportive, especially Grady. After all, he loves her like a sister, doesn't he? Soon, Lucy is under the scrutiny of an eccentric, self-made diva, Vivian De Palma, Palma, and the diagnosis is dour. Lucy has slept into the final stage of Sleeping Beauty Syndrome— Note, uh, I will bring up more things about this back cover, but they're a bigger picture. Sleeping Beauty Syndrome never once said in the book. (laughs) Lucy has slipped into the final stage of Sleeping Beauty Syndrome, meaning her love life is near death. Can Vivian rouse her in time for the reunion? And will a kiss from her teen crush really be enough to awaken her? For Lucy hasn't quite opened her eyes to one important truth. The soulmate she's been dreaming of has never left her side who is her soulmate she's been (gasps) dreaming of i
1: don't know let me look again is it Jana?
0: unfortunately no that would have been a good twist that would have been
1: a good twist um here's my thing so i feel like this book has to contain one of those like late 80s early 90s movie makeovers that they do, where it's like a whole yeah. montage, and
0: then she gets an eyebrow wax and takes her glasses off, and then all of a sudden she's beautiful. She doesn't have the paint-stained overalls anymore, and then yeah. she comes out of the dress- dressing room, and they sh- shake their heads until she finds the right Yeah, place.
1: it's like Princess Diaries and um, Miss Congeniality. Yeah, I'm going to and... tell you,
0: that montage of events that takes about 15 seconds in a movie takes probably about 120 pages in this Stop. book. No, it's...
1: What are they talking about it's for like 120 pages?
0: I will get to it because I have thoughts okay. about this book. <laughs> I read... See,
1: that's good. I didn't have any thoughts exactly. about my book. Exactly,
0: it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Your book, no, your book had a lot of potential and a lot of mystery. Yeah, my book had no potential and no mystery to the point where you're just having the exact same thing outlined for you over and over and over and over again. It's ridiculous. There's no reason that this should take up 383 pages. You listener have read the book by having the back cover read to you. You have the entire plot here. She's klutzy and doesn't like it. She goes to get her makeover. She gets made over. She goes to her high school union. The teen guy crushes on her and kisses her. But uh, she loves Grady. It's like, I understand that you want to get people to read your book, but it would be like if you watch Citizen Kane's original theater trailer, and in the, in the trailer he goes, Rosebud, and the trailer guy comes up and goes, It's the sled. Like, wh- why should I bother reading these three hundred and eighty three pages of this terrible story
1: i think we need to have another conversation about how many movies i haven't seen
0: i've never seen citizen kane either
1: okay but you haven't seen anything but you know about every movie that's ever i don't have your cultural knowledge
0: the point of citizen kane's rosebud is not or this point of citizen kane is not the twist ending it's not really a twist it's just like a secret that gets revealed Okay, anyway, whatever. Anyway, whatever. It's the slip. Not a clitoris. Um, Speaking of clitoris, this book is... I said sex three times in the back cover, right? Yeah. Sex does not happen in this book. It happens at the very end, after her and her beau start doing it.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And it's never described. It never happens. The word, like, penis, dick, wiener, never Mm -hmm. said. No vagina, coochie. I think coochie or something, Anagla- anagolit, Anagalus. You
1: want to try it again?
0: No. <laughs> Analgeus. No. <laughs> I know. Um, not like something like that is said because she gets a uh, transformative Brazilian. Oh. Believe it or not. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but this is a book about high school, right? The high school reunion. Yeah. It's a bigger deal in the book than it is on the back cover and it's just it's a book written about high school about a 28 year old and it reads like a book written by a high schooler like do you remember being in high school Mm -hmm. and thinking that high school is the most important part of your life absolutely and like all of life is going to revolve around how high school goes and all of life is structured like how high school goes and all of your conversations are the same ones that you have in high school. Because you're stupid. You're 16 years old. And high school is all you've ever known.
1: I actually just remember really hoping that that wasn't the
0: case. Yeah, like... I, I mean, like, please, God, don't let this be it. But, like, if you imagined age 25 yeah. as a high school, you probably imagined yourself still... It's a high school version of 20. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. it's That's your framework.
0: It's like how when you watch Van Wilder and you're like, I can't wait to go to college it's a college party movie. And then you get to college and you live in a dorm that's 25 square feet. And college is great, but it's not Van Wilder cuz that's a goddamn movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, but this book, I swear Donna Kaufman must be still 16 years old cuz everything is seems like it's written by a like a high schooler. Like there's too many examples to give. I just want to read my entire notebook. You took a third of a page. I took one, two, three, four, five, six full back-and-forward pages of notes. And it's it's just bad. It's... Okay, so it's about being a nerd in high school and uh, wanting to overcome that in your life. If you were a nerd in high school, and I was not, like, bullied, I wasn't popular, I don't think that... I think that applies to both of us, you know. You yeah. had 47 kids I, in your class.
1: So. My ultimate goal in high school was to fly under the social radar and be unnoticed by the majority of my well, school. Well,
0: Lucy Harper, our main character, does not feel that. She feels that she was always disrespected during high school, and she carries those scars with her to this day of 28 Ooh, but years. But,
1: like, just let it go. No so what if high kidding. school sucked? Make a different part of your life better.
0: Uh, I said, girl, you're 28. Get over the idea of popularity. Like, if you're still carrying the idea of popularity into past your freshman year of college, you have a severely messed up view of the world. I understand that high school might leave scars that last a while for people, but if you're still worrying about how popular you are in the world, and she is like best friends and they have pizza night together and Thanksgiving together every year, and so it's not like she's lonely. She just worries about being unpopular. And in college, no one is really popular popular. There might be people who are more known than others, but it's not like you have Homecoming Kings, which by the way, uh cheerleaders and basketball players are the enemies of her life because uh-huh. all of the cheerleaders are beach blonde sex goddesses and the basketball players are team captains and all that sort of thing. It's just so badly written everything. If you like talk to a 16-year-old girl or if you remember what it was like to be a 16-year-old girl and a guy to a lesser extent, everything is so important. Mm, And everything takes on a multiplier of meaning. The reason that this book is 383 pages long is because every single step has to be the biggest deal of her life. And that's why it feels like it was written by a high schooler because nothing can be done easily. Everything is like, I don't know if I can do it. It gets to such an extent that it's, a, it's like a routine by the second, the second third of this book. It's so hard to read because it's the same thing over and over. I'm scared to do X. You can do this. Darn right I can do X, she says to herself in her inner monologue. She slips or falls or has an intrusive thought. Oh, who am I kidding? I can't do X. She looks for help and usually receives it. Repeat. It's th- like she wants to learn how to walk in heels. She stands up and falls over. Everything has to be, like, I understand that heels are pro- take effort to walk in. They're not, like, walking but you're not going to
1: stand up and
0: fall over. Like, she's a klutz. And because it's a rom-com, it's trying to be a rom-com. Yeah. And every rom-com heroine has to be a klutz. And it is an obscene degree where she turns her head around and her hair goes through the gravy and she falls off her lunch stool. And her butt plops right onto some dog poop that was there for some reason. Like, just take it down two notches, and then we've got like a relatable person. But she gets out of the car, and she forgets to take her seatbelt off and practically suffocates herself. And when she does get out of the car, she trips on the grass in front of her popular friends or whatever. It's ridiculous. Uh, This whole high school reunion is set up as the climax of this book where she goes to this makeover camp, this Barbie boot camp is what they keep calling it, and she's so scared to go. She, I'm, I'm in way over my head. I can never do this. I can never do this. And then she meets one of the ladies and she says a compliment. And she's like, I fell in love with her. And, like, her opinions change about every single person with every single sentence. Because every single sentence is the most important thing in the world. It's... That's also very high school. It's so high school. It's the 400-page makeover montage, I thought. Because she gets to the makeover plays on page... 100 right and this she's going to be there and then she's going to go to a high school reunion all made over the makeover place is awful it reminded me of lessons for bombshells but she's paying for the the right remember that book i read yeah she's paying for the right to be sh- treated shitty here's her makeover to make her into a beautiful swan uh i numbered the steps Because this is what makes a woman beautiful, according to this makeover place. Number one, she gets a Brazilian wax. Ow! It's really painful, yeah, but it makes a woman feel so full and luscious. (laughs) Because your legs rub together, I guess. Number two, her people buy her silk underwear for her. So she can wear it on her Brazilian.
1: Okay.
0: Number three, she is given heels and told to, like, and she is put up on a runway to learn how to walk in them. Like, six-inch heels.
1: Right.
0: Uh, next they award her slinky dresses that she has to learn how to wear and walk around it next they fasten acrylic nails to her she has to wear big nails and she starts like cutting her head as she scratches her hair they give her highlights and curls and then start spray tanning her
1: none of these things are practical like none of this is real world stuff like you're not going to do all this every day to go to work. You're not gonna wear six inch heels and slinky dresses. Oh yeah.
0: Her work, by the way? Third grade teacher.
1: Yeah. Acrylic nails and highlights, you have to maintain. Like You have to keep getting them. Like, none of that is realistic for a person who teaches the third grade.
2: Or at all.
0: No,
1: none of that's realistic for a person. I'm lucky if I remember to get my hair cut three times a year.
0: But like, so you want her friends to be like, don't I have to, you don't have to do this to be beautiful and everything, which they try to do, but the way she writes her friend-zoned, whiny-ass, son-of-a-bitch, guy interest, this is literally a quote. If she gained enough confidence, she might abandon the security their friendship provided.
1: Yeah, dude. That's gross. Keep her down.
0: Keep her in her place. That is so gross.
1: What is, so what is the friend, like, the guy friend? What is he, like
0: he's just this whiny and you wouldn't believe it but he's handsome but she won't notice and he's been pining over her for years okay. but won't get up the guts to tell her it's like mother trucker you are 28 years old you went to mit you work in washington dc you can talk to a person also find another girl oh he sleeps with a blockbuster girl and it's a whole thing and they give him shit about it but like it's such another high schooler thing like oh what if i lose the friendship Like, you're 28 years old, dog. You're a person now. Yeah. You're almost 30 years old. It's the weirdest part about... So, like, everything is exaggerated till loses old meeting. Tea with old ladies is impossible. A single smile is the warmest of gestures, right? The author has a checklist for everything in the room. You walk in a room, she has to tell you what the walls look like, what the lights look like, what the tables look like, what the chairs look like, what the people in it look like. Every single time, it seems like. And... I just, I wrote down, just calm the shit down. She's over the top about everything. Everybody's over the top about everything. The whole book is one giant, you're beautiful because you don't know it. Ugh. Yeah. That's,
1: all of that is just gross. It's
0: Very gross. But the weirdest part about the high school thing is that it takes high school prudishness. It's a sex book. Yeah. You would think. But it takes high school prudishness where you fantasize about people. Oh, maybe we'll make out. Like, that's not even high school prudishness. That's middle school
2: prudishness. Yeah.
0: Like, she does not... Every time she starts to fantasize, the dude's hand gets on her upper thigh. <gasps> oh, <gasps> oh, and then that's it. She, like, the author will cut it out. There's no swearing in this book. One time she says, mofo.
1: Like the actual word, or she no, actually she says the word it to mofo. mofo. Oh no!
0: Basically, words in general come tough to characters because there's three old ladies who play the fairy godmother routine, and uh, the author does not trust that you'll see the illusion, and so they just start calling herself themselves the thirty the fairy godmothers. There's a lot to date this book, including references to Yahoo uh, oh, notifications, yeah. a BlackBerry with a stylus, that sort of thing. Just listen to this. These are the three old ladies talking. Never want to tolerate the least hint of tension, Aurora's ugh, hands fluttered as she shushed them both. Come now, surely we can all discuss business without being snarky. Vivian raised an eyebrow in Aurora's direction. Watching Saturday Night Live again, are we? She merely sniffed. MTV, one must remain current. And don't tell me you weren't glued to the set watching that nice young man, what's his name? Bad Mosey. See, dog? <laughs> I can't keep them straight. <gasps> what? Being the rap aficionado that you are and all, Vivian murmured, ignoring Mercedes when she motioned her quiet. Uh, none of the reactions re- like relate at all to this. No. It's a book made up of a BuzzFeed GIF reaction post and a bad one at that where it's just like, I don't know, I like this GIF and throw it in. Yeah. But they have to describe the GIFs instead of it being there. I happen to like music with a distinctive bass line, Aurora said. I don't quite understand the fashion statement they're making by allowing their briefs to show above the waistband of their trousers, however. Her brow crinkled. And perhaps they are a little heavy-handed with the jewelry, but bling bling, Vivian supplied. Yeah, no, you're right. That's what I wanted to read in the middle of my sex book is old ladies being white. (laughs) And there's so many adverbs which is a big no-no about like let the but it goes beyond that the high school thing i can't get over it the high school reunion is the most important thing so she gets through the makeover camp
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we she gets to the reunion and there's 150 pages to go i'm like this is supposed to be the climax dog the guy is supposed to come in the grady is supposed to come into the high school reunion they're dance together and then they make out and that's the end of the book that's where it happens that's where it's supposed to happen but apparently not only is the character of grady like whiny little dickling dickling a thing i like it it's not like anti-woman dickling uh in the as a character but as a plot device like she keeps Mm -hmm. throwing out opportunities for this dude and she keeps ignoring her own opportunities i can't help but think that she just wrote the book like didn't outline it all didn't revise it just wrote it and went kept writing until she ran out of my she went no this isn't as good of an opportunity which is about as good of a friend zone illusion as there can be but there's 150 pages left after this high school reunion where she shows up in a bright blue dress uh with her boobs taped up in a dress that does not meet in the middle or the back so it is just two panels chained together completely separate from another mini skirt the same color in so like... it's a
1: two-piece, so there's a top and a bottom, and the top and the bottom are separate?
0: Basically, yeah. Like an I Dream of Genie" thing without the, the skirt. or. The, and
1: the... there's like a gap on the side, so there's like a front piece to the top and a back piece to the top? Or there's just two, two side front... pieces? There's
0: two side pieces.
1: <laughs>
0: Too sad. Yeah.
1: That defies physics.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't remember how they explained it as working. Um, I think or that, as
1: attractive well like that's not cute
0: she just was like I'm gonna make a statement to everyone and it's
1: a statement it's, that
0: you're a hooker? Half of my clothes were yeah gone. which all all respect to sex workers of the world but like dang girl like maybe not wear something like that to a reunion
1: also like yes women you have the right to wear whatever you want at whatever time in your life you want to wear it and like if you think you look good in it rock it whatever but like Maybe 28 years old is like maybe you should be done with those kinds of fashion statements. You'd think so.
0: The men are wearing tuxes. Yeah. And the women, assumedly, are wearing like.
1: Like, I don't think I was ever the kind of person who would wear something that required boob tape, but like, I feel like by the time you hit your 20s, like, you gotta make sure some of the bits are secure. If you have to tape it to your body, it's not
0: securing your <laughs> yeah, base. Yeah, not really. Um, The whole thing is her trying to earn some personal confidence, which you go, girl. You yeah, know, good for you. You felt like a stranger in your own body. I get that plot device. But it, the whole thing of the book is winning your worth in the arms of a man.
1: Well, and it's also, you want to gain confidence in your own body. You want to stop feeling like a stranger in your own body so you're going to become even more so someone that you're
0: not. Yeah, no kidding.
1: Like, be comfortable with the person that you are. Don't go through a whole process to turn you into a slinky dress wearing six inch heel walking
0: Brazilian wax machine. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, one of her friends gets pregnant and doesn't want the baby. That's a plot of ha- hassle in there. And there's absolutely no knowledge about pregnancy. Like a high schooler would not. <laughs> she just has understanding of what pregnancy is from a sick op so she's within her first three-ish months of uh pregnancy yeah and so she's morning sick which happens within your first trimester it's constantly morning sick not just morning sick and that happens to some women yeah i understand but she's constantly morning sick and she can't sleep because the baby's keeping her awake it's like dog the baby is smaller than your hand yeah or whatever and she constantly has her hand on her stomach her flat stomach yeah and she's It's like, has weird food craving. It's like, dog, it's your first trimester. Most people don't know they're pregnant yet. I get the morning sickness, but it's heaped to such an irrational degree, as well as the mood swings, where she's laughing and then crying within the same sentence, that it's like, you don't know what being pregnant's like. You're a high schooler. Of course not. You've only seen it on Teen... I'm 16 and Pregnant on Mm -hmm. MTV. And it's bad and the, the main character has a teenager's food palette oh gross where she goes to a fancy restaurant with a mediterranean restaurant right uh-huh. what kind of uh food would you say served at a mediterranean restaurant like couscous yeah like euros lamb greek food, yeah. greek food italian food maybe yeah. lebanese food her, their appetizer because she lets the man order
1: Of course, women can't order at
0: restaurants. Well, she is tongue-tied because he's the hot basketball guy who Mm. still tells his glory stories.
1: Oh, puke, I hate those kind of people.
0: Do those people really exist?
1: Yes. I went to high school with forty six of them.
0: Yeah, but like at twenty eight, you think they'll be entertaining? They look. Like, tell us more about your three. No, they shot. don't
1: have to tell anyone about it because they still hang out with the same people. Well, yeah, I understand. School. that. So they people... like they might swap glory days stories with people who were also there at that time, but they don't meet anyone new because they don't ever leave their town. Well, the
0: thing, like, so you, I went to a, a high school that was very successful at basketball. We won several state titles mm-hmm. while at yeah, basketball while I was at school. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine. We have a alumnus playing for the NBA right yeah. now, who I sat next to during the class. I can't imagine him coming back for his 10th reunion. People are going to ask him, what's it like to play college basketball? Yeah. I can't imagine. They'll be like, what was it like when you hit that three-pointer yeah, in the game against no, Jeff? That's so lame. Like No one does that. That's no. not a thing that people do. No. And so that rings really hollow because high school is still the most important part of a 28 year old high- class athlete lawyer where is I going with this? Oh the palate so she goes out on a date with this glory days dude Mediterranean restaurant like euros North African food uh, Lebanese food Greek food whatever He orders her for an appetizer which this really doesn't sound like an appetizer foie gras that's French that's French that is not French to be fair does have a, med- a Mediterranean coast.
1: But I feel like Mediterranean
0: food
1: is those other things that we already mentioned, not France.
0: She does, get this, not like it. She thinks it's disgusting and won't eat it. Okay? I have never had it. I would imagine that. I would probably like it because it's pretty much pure fat. But uh, main course, get this, appetizer, foie foie gras. Mm -hmm. Main course, escargot. Also France. Also French. More of an appetizer than foie gras is. And she will not. She just frankly refuses. I will not have escargot. I will not try it. Like a baby. Or a toddler. Or a high schooler who just wants a Totino's pizza rolls.
1: But okay, like you're a grown woman. I have had some things set down in front of me before that I did not want to eat. But you're an adult. Try it one time. You take a couple bites and you're like, I can't eat this. That's okay. But like good lord try it yeah
0: you're not anthony bourdain i'm not asking you to eat a goat's testicles like it's escargot it's a cultural phenomenon and
1: it's like it is a thing that many people eat without dying
0: yeah constantly and she lists these things as her least favorite vegetables asparagus and brussels sprouts
1: Brussels sprouts, a lot of people have a really strong aversion to.
0: Yeah, because well, like, they, hear, <laughs> cause they hear Brussels sprouts.
1: No, that's the thing is I feel like these are all things that children the author was like. like, hey, these are foods
0: that people don't like. No, those things that children yeah. don't like because our author is a child in a high schooler. I have to read. So uh, she goes on a date and realizes that she's just arm candy for this popular guy. The the boy comes over right before one of their dates to try and uh, talk her out of dating this dude. Uh, she punches the guy in the nose and breaks his nose. Why? I don't know. Especially because he was taking her out on a date, which, like, admittedly, she was he was using her or whatever. That's not good. But
1: like, why did he? Why did she need to punch him in the nose? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's not good. The date they were going on was a fifteen hundred dollar a plate political fundraiser.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, and so it's like. If you don't want to go with him, that's your prerogative, right? Yeah. Don't go with him. You don't like him. He doesn't really like you at all. He's been sleeping with other women because you haven't been exclusive. I get that. Don't go with him. Good for you, girl. But then he's like, oh, this is weird. Because up until that point, everything you've been doing has led him to expect that you were coming with. Yeah. And he is painted as such a humongous villain because he's like pompous. And it's like, yeah, well... He's probably a little pompous i don't but he had expectations for what you were going to do because that's what you told him you were going to do yeah and then she gets mad and punches him in the face while grady goes the boy goes to punch her in the face and she stops him and then she spins around and decks him and he starts screaming with a broken nose I'm like, yeah, cause she just punched him in the well, face. No one, I don't think he would scream. I think he would swear. No one swears. Oh, uh, whatever. And then they do it, and so this is the this wait, is
1: wait, her and the guy that she punched, or no, her and her Grady, Brady. Brady,
0: Grady, 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 Grady. So this is our this is our sex book. Their laughter faded, and suddenly, they, this is uh, thirteen pages away from the ending. She was pulling at a shirt. He took the hint and pulled her sweatshirt over her head. She shook her loopy roller coasters loose, then gave him that lopsided grin. Is this going to get weird, getting naked with each other? Not weird so far, are you? She shoved him on his back. Nope. You'll let me know if that changes for you. Stop talking. She flipped the snap on his jeans. Flipping a snap? What? Yeah, he said, groaning.
2: You'll be the first.
0: She tugged his zipper down, and from that point on, all Rashner thought went on hiatus.
1: That's the sex scene?
0: Yeah, you've got... You finally got to see your sex book at... Sex scene, and it, you skip over it. Minutes later, he had Lucy Harper naked and beneath him. Can I tell you something? His breath already coming in... Jesus. I don't know if this is... I did not notice it the first time, but I am kind of, like, wondering if this is ingenious. Listen to, No, listen to this. He said, his breath already coming in pants. <laughs> I don't know. Suddenly, I might love this book. I hated it so hard. And then I read the sentence, his breath already coming in pants. Oh my god. I might love this book now. That one line might turn it all around. Anyway, continuing on with our lack of a sex scene. Uh, can i tell you something i have the nasa bra if you want cleavage she told him that's her word for a push-up bra Uh he laughed no no i love your body it's just i think i've revised my opinion on the fake tan thing she grinned oh yeah i'm all for both as it turns out both what turns out he means the brazilian who would have guessed we'd find detente detente detente, i hate french detente over smooth skin and tan lines or the lack of them she laughed and wrapped her legs around his hips an hour or he moaned and arched his head back if this is all really a dream please don't let me please don't let me wake up for at least another hour an hour she queried lucky me and then she dug her heels and he was buried deep and she was moaning too that's the extent of the sex
1: why are they talking so much
0: they that's all this book is is talking (laughs) every chapter they review the last chapter and they talk about what's going to happen in the next chapter it's constant talking about like I can't imagine that this is accurate women talking to each other because I've witnessed women talking to each other and they don't lick their fingers and make a point motion more than once in a book. <laughs> oh, but no. that's all they do. Whatever. This is the last thing. So it, it ends with Vivian getting a call about sleeping with Grady. She takes a shot and she's going to go bang a lemon driver. This is in italics and so it came to pass that the knight known as grady his heart steadfast and true swept his lady love lucy off her feet and frankly those four-inch spikes were killing her anyway and carried her into the sunset of their everlasting love which looked a lot like his apartment in alexandria by the way the heels that she chooses to wear and that he specifically said she did not need and now she's complaining whatever jana her woman friend and her true love the valiant and virile dave became the parents of a bouncing baby boy and a future goalie for the capitals known as Benjamin Ross, another hockey yeah. band, by the way, who was followed two years later by his younger sister, Olympic volleyball hopeful Sasha Lane, and three years beyond that by the twins Drew and Adria, who, between them, won a Pulitzer, a Peabody, and an Oscar, but couldn't sing a final shot if their collective the lives depended on it. And last but not least, the, ever, the godmothers known as Vivian, Aurora, and Mercedes were once again free to look forward to the future, and did so with great glee, for right around the corner was their next Once Upon a Time. I assume that the books all have to go through that glass slipper thing. Did you notice, in this epilogue, that we heard more about the baby couple. Yeah. That it's because she doesn't know where to go. Yeah. She's like, marriage, baby is what happens, and a high schooler doesn't really know what happens in a committed relationship. And our mm-hmm. author is a high schooler.
1: I can see that.
0: His breath was coming in pain.
1: <laughs> That's I love like that the so much. best and also
0: worst one. I'm ever. kind of sad that can't be our episode title. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, that will do us for tonight. I am sorry. I went a little long, but you have to admit that this was quite the book. I almost just read all of my notes without context because some of them were pretty great. Uh, but I decided not to. So thank you for sticking with us all the way to the end. We really appreciate you listening. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Matt. And whoever else listens, uh, I really want to thank you guys. This is a lot of fun for us. Uh, it gives us something to do and whine about. Because, frankly, it's kind of fun to whine about something uh, every once in a while. I cannot promise that. I know this one took a while and the next one might take a little bit longer because I am starting a job as a teacher. That's weird. Uh, So expect my social medias to go on private.
1: He has, like, a whole classroom and stuff. It's great. He has Pokemon cards hanging from the ceiling.
0: Damn Awesome. Gotta catch them all. You can find me on Twitter at Ma. That's D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A. Uh, I'm hilarious sometimes, and other times I don't tweet. hey Uh You can find Susan. And I am still at
1: Susan J. So that's S-3-U's S-A-N-J. Haven't changed it yet. Don't since changing it. my name. Don't know if I will. But that's what it is for now. I am more hilarious than Nick on Twitter. Just saying.
0: Love anyway. you. Anyway. Love <laughs> Just because you get more faves from your SAA crew. Um, uh, the blog posts can be found, if somehow you found the podcast before the blog post, they can be found on opinionsandother.blogspot.com. Usually we go like two different kinds of tacks for our book report. For example, I will be examining more about the actual writing of the book as opposed to the terrible high schooledness of it uh, in my blog post on mm-hmm. the website. So feel free to go there. Check our stuff out. We've got other episodes before us. Uh, hope you enjoyed the sponsorship this week. Uh, our intro music, Babe of the Night, by the band Exile, off of their album Rampant. Or maybe the band Rampant off of their album Exile. I always get those mixed up. Uh, so, standing here, just a man in front of the internet, asking him to love him. I I love you too.
1: Night! Night! <laughs>